Hello, everyone, and welcome to Movie Club. I'm Davinia. I'm Miro. And this is Kyle. <laughs> <laughs> and well, today we're going to be talking about Funny Games, released in 97 and was directed by Michael Haneke. I hope I pronounced that properly. The movie introduces us to a family of three and their dog, very important, who just arrived to their vacation home in which they plan to stay for a week or two. But soon after, they're visited by two young men, Paul and Peter, who are apparently friends of the neighbors. Ultimately, the family is imprisoned and tortured in their own house by these two men who then seem to have a clear motive. Will they survive? Will they get revenge on these intruders? Stay tuned. Find out. <laughs> Stay tuned. Yeah. Well, we'll spoil it almost immediately. Almost yes. like five seconds into it. <laughs> it's an interesting one. The director remade his own film later on. Yes, in for Americans. Davinius of the '97 version. We did review the German or Austrian. The original, and exactly ten years after, he remade it. But it is exactly the same. They just made it in English. Pretty much, literally, shot for shot, the same. It's definitely very interesting that he did that, I think. Very rare. He mentioned that it is because it is the parody, not parody, but critique of the violence in the movies for Americans. So it was directed at them. So he made it in English for them. So they have it easily accessible. Yeah. Yeah. And probably wouldn't hurt to make some more box office bucks. He said that if it would be successful, it didn't convey the message he wanted. Yes, oh, I saw how that. Clever of him. And oh yeah, he how saved himself. <laughs> yeah, absolute cringe to say something <laughs> like that. Yeah, I was like searching to get the synopsis going for oh, the yeah. intro, yeah. and I just saw that exact comment, and I was like rolling my eyes backwards. I can't believe the guy had the nerve to say that. Well, artist, kind of like on the nose, pretentious artist who likes the smell of his own farts a little too much. <laughs> In my opinion. And I I like some of the other guys' films that I've seen. There's good things to say about the film. It's still a very interesting and thrilling kind of scenario. You're always like, how are they going to get out of it? It's definitely a gripping watch from the start to finish, for sure. It's just like a home invasion where the family's tortured, basically. And it ends in very bleak terms. The killers get away. They kill everyone in the family and and get away with it, essentially, and move on to the next family that they're going to do the Mm -hmm. same thing to. Mm -hmm. They don't seem to have any motive other than just they're bored or um, just what they do. They're just movie (laughs) villains is what they are. They're American movie villains. They serve their purpose of torturing the family for us because that's what we want to see. But the twist is that they don't get their comeuppance that we also want to see. We want to see them get blasted away by a shotgun or something horrible happen to them. And that doesn't occur. There's a lot of fourth wall breaking in the movie. Yeah. So how did you perceive it, Davinia? Definitely is like made clear throughout the entire movie with that guy clearly looking at camera and telling you, is this enough? Have you had enough? It was disturbing to me. It was kind of like, yeah, like the first time that you see a movie like that, that does any kind of fourth wall breaking kind of thing is like, oh, wow. At a certain point by the middle of the movie, they're like looking at Cameron being like, well, but we're not even at movie length. We got to keep it going. Basically, we got to keep the suffering going because this is not enough. (laughs) It got to me. Well, intended to be that way. 
intended, but it got to me in a way that this would actually be possible mm, to happen if you are mm-hmm. in a remote holiday location and then mm-hmm. <laughs> suddenly some guys show up. Of course, situation can align in a way that this would this could happen and nobody would know that mm-hmm. it actually is happening to this family. And what about you, Kyle? What do you thought of the fourth wall breaking and stuff? I'm not a fan of breaking the fourth wall and I get why it's done here. But again, it's back to what I was saying earlier where I was calling the director's comments kind of cringe. I think it's just too obvious. I know he's like literally winking at the camera and that's the director winking at us. And I know what you guys want and you're bloodthirsty and you want to see this violence. But at the same time, like he's the one selling it to us. (laughs) So, right. You know, and like what he said, if the film's successful, then it didn't do its job. Well, watch the trailer. They're calling it a sensual, magnificent, brutal. It's sold to you as this great thing to go see. And then you're being basically chastised for seeing the thing they sold to you. If someone tells you, come have this delicious meal, and then it's a pile of shit, and they go, well, you know, that's what you get. I seen the remake first, and I didn't know at the time that there was even an original. Mm -hmm. Like, that that was a remake to begin with. And I did see the remake when I was like a teen or something. Teens are very impressionable. So like at the time, I thought it was really cool. But now having seen many more things, it's that kind of thing where I'm like, yeah, okay, I've seen this before. So it's strange. It's a weird feeling that I have for it. I really like the film up until the kind of fourth wall break. I know Miro will say, well, they broke his leg with a golf club, (laughs) but they're so passive aggressive. Even asking for eggs and stuff, it's like you just can feel the tension and it's so like, well, they're not really doing anything, but she wants them out of the house and you totally get it, but they're not doing anything really. No. But they're just so something. And those act, the two actors playing those, the kids are so good, I think, in this version. Everyone's met someone who they're so obnoxious. You do just want to slap them. (laughs) Yeah. I felt it from the first try that he went from to ask the eggs. It was weird. First of all, he was just standing there and the kid had to notice him like, oh, someone's here. All of that was super weird. Yeah, well played, well Mm -hmm. acted. How interesting how it all begins and how everything ends. That one kid has broken already like four eggs or something. And the wife is all, I don't know what to do. This kid won't leave. So whenever the husband comes in, she's just like, get them out. I don't care. Just get them out. And the whole interaction they have with the husband is really interesting. Because again, the kids keep saying, we really haven't done anything, you know? We're just asking for eggs. We're just asking for eggs. And it's so true. I bet you all of us have had an interaction kind of that way, quote unquote. Obviously, we didn't end up murdered and tortured in our own homes. But you always have that kind of person that asks for something or... That just rude in a weirdly aggressive way. And you never know how to get out of those kind of situations. It's always like hairy. Because when you point it out, they're like, oh no, what am I doing? No, nothing. Yeah, all psycho, you know? Honestly, like aside from talk about the acting, there's that shot where like after their little boy has been murdered, because that's quite shocking. (laughs) This is Um, horrible. You know, you don't expect that. The little boy gets Mm -hmm. brutally killed first. He's the first one to get killed. And I really like how all that shot in film. It's he's shot off screen. You know, someone's shot, but you're just watching this Mm -hmm. kid make a sandwich. And then you go in there and it's all done very well. And then I think it holds on 
that one shot Frame. of, yeah, mm -hmm. like the way it's framed, I think it just holds there for like, I mean, it feels like 10 minutes. I, I'm sure it's only, you know. It is. No, it is actually. The scenes were very well designed and a lot of thinking went into it. Even that scene that we were talking about when they were asking for eggs, that scene yeah. in the doorway, you had to put in five people in there. And mm -hmm. he oh, actually, true, yeah. the director, drew it, the whole scene, and how people change, move, and get into the mm -hmm. shot and get out of the shot at the right times. And that part, what you were just talking about, when they killed the kid, yeah, that was actually 10 minutes. And wow, really? Ten wow, I was just guessing. I would have thought it was shorter just because My God. when they do things like that in film, it usually feels absurdly long but then it's oh it was like two minutes or something and i think it captured the shock that they went through because that is actually what well i don't know but i can imagine that that would be very shocking if you somebody would just shoot up the head of your kid but other than that there's very little character or plot or anything really to discuss in that sense besides it just is obviously beating you over the head with a message which for me is really not something that i'm am interested in or look for in a film. I think it's a very shallow observation about American cinema and violence in cinema. Usually there is at least the attempt to give like the killer some kind of motive or some kind of motivation. And here it's just nothing. It's just violence for the sake of it to make a point. But the violence was often done out of the camera. Besides of like a couple of slappings here and there, the rest is all outside of the camera, which is the quote unquote interesting part of it. Yeah, when he first struck him with the golf club, that was all out of the camera. You just saw it in the mirror, how the club is going down. But that's because he's a good filmmaker. So he understands that like less is more. In a lot of great films, you don't see much of what happens because it's better that way. It's more effective that way. The tension of waiting to see who got shot. And then it's, oh my God, it's the boy. It's worse than like a practical effect of just someone getting shot. The two actors, Ulrich Mühe and Susan Lothar, that played the couple, the mother and father, were actually a couple in the real life. So oh, wow. they had a good chemistry going on. And according to the director, Michael Haneke, Susan Lothar, the mother, would often be forced to cry around 20 minutes before the takes. He said that the one scene where she's forced to pray it required 28 takes and Lothar was tremendously exhausted and drained through the ordeal. It was the weekend reaction that Haneke was waiting yeah, for. Yeah. yeah, for the because you would be, right? You would be exhausted oh, yeah. from the whole ordeal. Oh, yeah. The stress. And having been crying previously for, before even you start the takes. Yeah. I bet yeah. she had some good takes, but he was like, No, nah, I gotta just keep no, going until she no, literally no. can't do one more. Right. That's exactly what he was looking for. I think it worked. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> yes, she, she's she great. Did. Yeah. She does look absolutely exhausted. Definitely. Now, we both had an issue with, could you really break someone's leg like that with one hit from a golf club? There's some inconsistency with that for me in terms mm -hmm. of with his injuries and stuff. Like right away, he's completely immobilized, which fine. But after the killers leave and after their son has been killed and the killers leave, she tries to walk with him to the kitchen and he can't, he can't do it. Even with her help, he can't barely take one single step. That's how messed up his leg is. He can't even take a step. And then 10 minutes later, he's just basically walking all over the house. You don't see it, but he's like appearing here and there all over the house by himself. Well, we don't know how long it takes because I think she ran quite a long way. But overall, I agree. When uh, she left through the window and then we see how he puts the blanket on the sun, I was like, oh, that, uh, yeah. that's weird. So I guess he's <laughs> so doing he fine. Just, uh, teleported over there. 
he could have probably done more. And not because him as a man should protect the family, but just because of adrenaline and the moment and everything that's going on, you think he would have some kind of subconscious reaction. But we don't see that of him. Well, nobody can say. Nobody was in that kind of situation that we know. You can say how you would react. Yeah, because like I'm not buying the leg break in the first place, so it should have been something different. No, at least not with one swipe from the golf club. One. In a confined hallway. So you don't even get a full backswing, probably. Uh, what are you saying about that part where the wife goes down because some neighbor came and said hi on the boat, mm. remember? And they went yeah. together mm-hmm. with one of the men that came to torture them. They went right. down to the docks together and talked to them. And of mm-hmm. course, she was playing mm-hmm. a perfectly okay woman and mm, making a natural conversation. I was slightly irritated because I would say something. I don't know why she was silent. Mm, Maybe there's another she one was... of them back with their son. Yeah, sure. yeah, of course. Yeah, that is quite potent motivator. But still, I don't know. Uh, and I, I'm I not would sure try at that point if they know how bad it's going to really like because they're kind of non like the guys are weird. It's because of their attitude. Yeah. That passive aggressive, like, oh, we're just here to fuck around a little bit, but not. Re- I don't think they feel that in danger. I think they're not sure, like, what's the right move. And you really kind of wouldn't be, I think. And also, I'll say this, knowing the movie that it is, even if they had told them, that family just would have gotten killed the same night in the same house. I guess you're right. I guess that was the probably the fear that they would kill them as well. On that boat, right? Oh, sure, yeah, definitely. (laughs) Which we know by the end that for sure that's what happened, Mm -hmm. no matter what, the next day. Mm -hmm. Even though, and I I totally know what you're saying, Miro, and it's like, yeah, she's a little too cool, too calm and cool. I do like that detail of the film where first they drive past that house and they stop and they're doing that to the family that's being kidnapped at at that moment. (laughs) So I like that symmetry of, they have to do that too, and then it ends with the new family. I was also surprised by the psychopaths, their stamina. And we see <laughs> that they probably did it to, as you said, the previous family, which they saw when they were going to the vacation house. Yeah, they'll stop and they see them with the boys, and it's like a weird interaction. Something seems off about it, but you don't quite get it. They're like, okay, well, we'll come over for dinner later or something, you know? And then they go to them, and then next they go to the other. So three families, I think each of them 12 hours. So what, I mean, what are they drinking? Pure cocaine? (laughs) (laughs) Wouldn't surprise me. It's just like a weird spree, right? They are weird because the purpose they're serving in the movie, it's like they're not really characters to begin with. It's more like a force of violence. Quote, unquote, I'm kind of even cringing internally for saying it that way. They killed the family before because it's a movie. And so they have to have already killed before this family. And then they kill the next family because it's a movie and it has to end that way where they're going to continue. How many were there before the quote unquote first family? None because that world didn't exist because they're in this antimatter universe that they talk about (laughs) on the sailboat of fiction where infinite murders happened and none before the movie starts. So yeah, they're not real. Nothing's real except us as the viewer being talked to and kind of chastised and all these things. Hmm. We're like the only real thing in our reactions to everything that we're seeing. Even the main characters, we don't know anything about them. They, we have, they have no depth. They bought a lot of steak and whatever. They're not real deep characters or anything. They don't have much personality. Well, I must say it was 
for me it was psychotic and disgusting but still i was in entertained which was probably the point oh it's definitely like a gripping watch and it holds you till the end yeah yeah and the people that saw it for the first time in 97 the audience was so shocked that they walked out several of them and the director said that he understands yeah good <laughs> good for them right? good for them God, i just can't stand that kind of stuff <laughs> I don't understand the walkouts. I came to see the movie and then I will not even finish it, not even understand what it's about at the end. Maybe there's an explanation. Even if I see trash, I finish it. I think I haven't finished one movie in my life. I think they pay people to walk out. Maybe those are critics that want to make a point. Oh, especially for a movie like this, people walked out at whatever. What? They clutch their pearls and, oh my goodness, I can't (laughs) take... Well, that doesn't happen. Who does that? Who walks out of films? Have you ever been in, sitting in the cinema and seen people just get up and leave? Besides of toilet breaks. <laughs> and that's, I bet it was at like Sundance or something where that happened. I think the studios have plants out there that get people to faint or leave. And then they can talk about it in Variety Magazine and stuff. That, oh, it's the most shocking horror movie you've ever seen. People are leaving in the middle and throwing up. It's not really that bad. <laughs> no, yeah, you're right. Probably a marketing stunt. Good job, Michael Haneke. But let me just read the exact quote. So director Michael Haneke told producer during the production that if the film was a success, it would be because the audiences had misunderstood the meaning behind it. How are you going to misunderstand the meaning behind it when it's so clear? Literally told to you by the main killer. If it becomes a big hit because people are like, you've got to see this. It's the most shocking thing I've seen. You've got to see it. I guess he wants you to have seen the film and go, oh, I learned something about myself as a viewer of film and I tacitly participate in the violence of these fictional people. No one should see this movie, which is ridiculous. Despite all of this, it is included in the list of 1001 movies you must see before you die, edited by Steven Schneider. But I think It's better to see violence in the movie than do it in real life. That's what I mean. What's his argument? That films create violence in real life? I don't know. I don't think the films really goes that far in any way. It just points it out and then kind of says, so, ha ha. (laughs) Well, alrighty. Well, I guess since I picked it, I will do the rating first. Go for it. So, for me, it's a solid... Five. Five, nice. It's a very simple story. Just a very simple story with the cutesy part where they break the fourth wall. Cheap entertainment, yeah? Cheap entertainment, Mm. but more artfully done than most, I'll say that. Cheap entertainment masquerading as some deep message about human nature. And you would say then? You're not going to believe it, but I was going to say five as well. (laughs) I was going between four and five. All the comments you're telling me from the director really made me want to give it a four, but I'm not going to go outside of the film. And I do think it's worth a watch, but the director doesn't. So don't watch it, I guess. (laughs) I would give it a five. From my point of view, I'm very close to you. I would give it six out of 10. It's just gripping. That's my biggest plus there, that you just want mm-hmm. to watch it, that you want to finish it, and you want to see what is going to happen. I was torn between yeah. five and six myself. Mm-hmm. But then again, I went a little out of the movie. <laughs> okay. we go on. This was it. You just heard our review of the movie Funny Games. Our average rating for this movie is 5.3 out of 10. Quite low for the movie club. Do you agree with us? Did you like the movie and its strangeness? Tell us on Twitter at movieclub underscore pod. 
We would be happy if you would rate us as well on your favorite podcast platform, where you can also find more movie reviews by Movie Club. You can join Movie Club and support us by visiting our Patreon page and subscribing to one of our membership tiers. The link will be in the description of this episode. Next week, we'll be talking about La Piel Que Habito, The Skin I Live In. Don't forget to check it out. Bye for now. <laughs>